Hello, and welcome to MattCast, a podcast from the Department of Media and Communication at St. John Fisher College. I'm Media and Communication Senior Corey Halloran, sitting in this week for Dr. Lauren Vicker. Today on the program, we meet Media and Communication Professor Dr. Todd Sedano. We'll talk about the video production courses and the new Film and TV Studies minor. But first, let's find out what's been happening in the Department of Media and Communication. A reminder that students can sign up for PRSA's Content Marketing Workshop for only $10. It's hosted April 7th from 7.30 a.m. to 11.30 a.m. right here at St. John Fisher College. Students can sign up on the PRSA website. Fisher's chapter of the American Marketing Association is proud to announce that they were ranked in the top 25 chapters at the AMCICC conference in New Orleans last week. Media management majors Morgan Vanderhorst, Alex Orman, and Ashley Grates were among the Fisher students who took part in the event. Don't forget the Jack Palvino Scholarship applications are due Thursday, April 6th by 12 o'clock noon. Join us for an evening of collegiate comedy improv Area college groups will compete for the fourth annual Gilda's Cup and bragging rights among their peers. Hosted by the Prima Group of St. John Fisher College, all funds raised benefit Gilda's Cup Rochester, providing free cancer support to men, women, teens, and kids in the Rochester community. Gilda's Cup will take place on Saturday, April 1st at 6 p.m. in the Campus Center main stage. Tickets are only $5 for students. This episode of Backcast is sponsored by Lead Like a Girl from the Women's Leadership Series. Students from the Prima Group and the Tom Proietti PRSSA chapter will host the second annual Lead Like a Girl Women's Leadership Series in honor of Women's History Month to empower young women interested in the field of communication. There will be two events, a Lead Like a Girl Leadership Training on March 28th in the Galasano Gateway and a Lead Like a Girl power panel on March 29th in Basil Hall, room 135, from 6 to 8.30 p.m. The Lead Like a Girl power panel will include Katrina Bush, president of Roberts Communications and a Fisher alum, Lauren Dixon, founder and CEO of Dixon Schwabel Advertising, Elaine Nam, VP Group Account Director at Partners in Napier, and Tracy Till, founder and member of the Board of Trustees at Butler Till. Donations at the door are encouraged to support Willow, a domestic violence center created to provide support and services to those affected while aiming to end domestic violence. In order to register, you need to RSVP, but attendance is free and it's open to all students and professionals. Students can register by contacting any member of the Prima Group, or PRSSA, or checking out the websites for those two groups. Welcome back to MattCast. I'm Corey Halloran, sitting in for Dr. Vicker, and we're welcoming today Dr. Todd Sedano to the podcast. Thank you for joining us today, Dr. Sedano. Thank you, Corey. <laughs> it's, uh, I've known you for a few years now, obviously here at Fisher, uh, but some people out there don't know you like I know you, and I don't even know you this well, but can you talk to me, tell us a little bit about your background and your experience before you came to teach here at Fisher? Corey, I've known you for about two years. It feels like a few years. Feels like it. It feels yeah. like one more year on top of the two that I've known you. <laughs> I was doing the math. I think I counted the number of classes you've taken with me in just these two years. I think we're up to about six. Okay, it sounds about right. If we count intro to video production, mm -hmm. TV history, television production, filmmaking, screenwriting, 
and the career seminar, which you took. Did you take that with me or no? Unfortunately, I did not take it with you, sir. Ah, okay. And then senior project. Yes, sir. So that is six. That is six. Wow. Yeah. Six bad choices, Corey. Six (laughs) bad choices you've made. Uh, Bad in a different context than what you'd normally find it in. (laughs) Um, So yeah, talk, talk to us a little bit about your background and what brought you here to Fisher. What brought me to Fisher was the job, of course. Uh, teaching courses in video production and television history. Um, a short nine years ago. Uh, feels like yesterday. Um, and just by arriving, my, my goal was to get people excited and passionate about uh, television, filmmaking, video production, as much as I'm passionate about it. Um, and hopefully I've succeeded. I mean, some of you guys, Corey included. I'm, I'm living proof. Living proof. Again, six bad choices. <laughs> Uh, the best choice was for you to decide not to take some of my classes. I don't know about all that. All right, keep going. Tell me more. <laughs> so, um, Tell me more about the great choices you made in taking <laughs> classes with me. <laughs> they, they were great, hence why I really wanted to get you on today, and hence why I'm sitting in for uh, Dr. Vicker today. Um, <laughs> you were beating off your classmates with a stick. I, I was. You were like, I am not going to let anyone else but me interview Professor Sedano. Kind of, sure. <laughs> I wanted that uh, pleasure. <laughs> or you um, drew the fuzzy end of the lollipop. Yeah. Um, you, uh, you had an education here at Fisher on top of teaching here, did you not? I did not, no. You didn't have an education, okay. No. Um, You went to Syracuse, though, for a little while. I went to Syracuse to pursue my master's in Mm -hmm. television, radio, film, um, learning right then and there that I wasn't going to go back into industry, and, um... You say industry. I, I know what you did, but what, what was it that you did when you were out in industry? Right, let's go back. You talk about that. <laughs> Corey, when I was a young boy in kindergarten <laughs> and I was watching much television, I realized. No, um, I went to college uh, to study communication at Cornell University and realized that I wanted to enter some of the media industries. Didn't know how to do it. Didn't know what that meant. Um, so the first real and only job I had out of college was doing television production, working for NBA Entertainment. Uh, which is the uh, entertainment and production side of professional basketball. Uh, This was in Secaucus, New Jersey, my backyard, having grown up in Fort Lee, New Jersey, just outside of New York City. This was great. Um, I got to live at home uh, before it became the thing to do uh, for for people, uh, people your age, people younger than you, people who are college students now who are smart to live at home after graduating from college and try and save a few bucks. Uh, I lived uh, 10 minutes from where I worked, so why the hell not? Um, so I worked there for a few years doing TV production, and I decided to pursue graduate study um, because I was interested in using my brain a little bit more than I felt like I was using it working in television at that point. Uh, I wanted to become a better video editor, uh, and I thought that a graduate uh, degree would actually help me with that. Uh, I had always enjoyed uh, reading about television, talking about television, watching it, studying it just casually. Uh, And I also remember reading a lot of things about uh, Robert Thompson, who at the time was running the Center for uh, Popular Television. I forgot what it was called at that point uh, at Syracuse. Uh, And I thought, well, shucks, if I go to Syracuse, I could study uh, from him or learn with him. Uh, And I did. So I was able to to go there for my graduate work and realized right away that I was more interested in studying TV uh, than I was in actually producing it more. Uh, and I knew if I wanted to become a teacher, which is what I wanted to do pretty instantly, uh, getting in the classroom on the other side of uh, the desk, so to speak, uh, I knew that what I had to do was get my PhD. Uh, had no idea what the hell that meant. Um, just I need to get the degree, right? That was my big ticket to the dance. That's the metaphor uh, I've used over the years. 
Um, so I had to get my PhD, uh, and I realized um, that I had a I had good connections. I had good professors I was working with at Syracuse already. Um, so I pursued my PhD in a different school at Syracuse. This was in the Maxwell School, uh, where I studied uh, social science. Uh, and I earned my PhD in that uh, in, in 2008. Uh, the first year that I came to Fisher, I was still writing my dissertation uh, on the HBO series The Wire, uh, teaching three classes, um, moving to Rochester. Uh, I remember Dr. Vicker saying uh, that I should barricade myself in my office at least one day a week when I'm not teaching and write my dissertation. Uh, and that was probably one of the best pieces of advice that I got that particular year because uh, I was able to. I was able to complete the dissertation by the end of my first semester here, uh, and the rest was history. Awesome. All right. That, that was a great snapshot of your experience here. Um, why Are people about? still listening? Yeah, Are they absolutely. listening at this absolutely. point? Absolutely. Are you sure about that? Absolutely. All and right. if they're not, they should be. You lie very well. You're going you're gonna to make it in this business, baby. <laughs> but why Fisher? Why, why come here to Fisher? Especially Fisher? after being at a school like Syracuse. Not to say anything bad about Fisher compared to Syracuse, but you know, you're, you're at a school like Syracuse. Obviously, people like Marv Albert and whatnot in the broadcasting you know, and TV industry, they have a reputation that precedes itself. Why go from Syracuse, you know, be in there? Why particularly did you choose Fisher? The, the contrasts are there. The obvious contrasts are there, right? Uh, Cornell was a huge institution. Uh, Syracuse was a huge institution. These are huge, uh, world-renowned universities uh, known for their size as much as, you know, their, their reputations, right? Uh, the biggest class I ever took uh, at Cornell was my freshman year, Psych 101, uh, taught by the famous psychologist, Dr. James Moss. Uh, and there were over 1,600 students in the class, here, our biggest classes in, in communication are what, maybe 30? 25, 30? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the professor knows the student's name by the end of the second week. Mm -hmm. uh, for instance, if a student's like dozing off in class, it's, Justin, wake up. I'm just throwing out that name. Uh, it could be anybody. My brother's name is Justin. That's why I'm doing it. Not because there's a producer in the room whose name is Justin who might be falling asleep in right. said class. Yes. Um, so, you know, pretty instantly in this class, or at least at Fisher, there's going to be a huge, huge difference between that and a class of 1,600 students where there are 20 to 40 teaching assistants grading your exams, but probably not giving a damn if you show up or not, because there's no way to take attendance in a class like that that's held in a concert hall. Um, so I had a similar experience um, throughout... A lot of what I was doing at Syracuse, just realizing these are huge institutions, lots of resources, lots of money, uh, lots of um, student populations across the entire campus where you don't even see people from time to time. Uh, and the entire time that I was there, there were certain parts of campus that I never visited, which is staggering to think in six years that there were parts of a campus that I never would have visited. Um, so then why Fisher? Because um, you realize you wanted something different. You wanted to be around something different where you'd actually know the students, uh, where I get to see you guys, right? Uh, just this past weekend, I ran into a former student at Wegmans, uh, and while I was talking to him, I ran into uh, a current student <laughs> who knew him just the same. Uh, the, these are things you wouldn't get uh, at, a, at a bigger place, at a bigger institution. Um, so that, that just spoke my language. So the cheesy line, Fisher chose me, probably uh, springs to mind, too. That's why I chose Fisher as well, for some of the same reasons you decided to come here. Uh, now, here at Fisher, you, you've taught, you said, for nine years now. You, you yeah. have a multitude of different classes that you teach, anywhere from video production and the video storytelling class that you have. But that's not all you teach. You teach some other different things as well. Just highlight some of those course offerings that you do to, do teach here. 
Yeah, so if we put them under the same umbrella uh, or umbrellas of, let's say, the production courses and some of the more uh, academic, scholarly um, examinations of television, uh, we've been able to, uh, or I've been able to offer classes like Television History, which is the chronological journey through the medium of television. More Half focused on The Wire. <laughs> well, <laughs> my dissertation was on The Wire, a, a, a show I just can't seem to uh, get away from. Uh, and as my TV history students heard me talking about this in class a couple of days ago, um, just in the last 10 days now, there have been four references made uh, in primetime television to The Wire. Um, Billions on Showtime made a reference. One of the characters referenced Stringer Bell, Idris Elba's character. Uh, on the show Crashing, uh, the Pete Holmes show on HBO, uh, his character referenced something where he said that uh, he's never seen The Wire, and it's so difficult to tell people that you've never seen The Wire. Uh, Lena Dunham in Girls said the same thing, how she gets annoyed when people would give her a hard time about not having seen The Wire. Her character on Girls said this. And then John Oliver on his show uh, was making some reference. This is all, Corey, in the last 10 days. <laughs> So The Wire is still relevant 15 years after its premiere, almost 10 years after the show concluded. Um, so I, taught a, I teach a TV history course regularly mm -hmm. uh, where we do go through television from the beginning of when television was introduced. I've taught a course just on The Wire. I got to do that last semester in the honors program here where we spend a whole semester examining the show. Uh, one week at a time, we examine a different episode in order from the first season. 13 episodes in the first season. 13 or 14 weeks in a semester to match Made in Heaven. This is something I did when I was a PhD student uh, at Syracuse, uh, and I've been able to do that here. So I'm, I'm grateful for that opportunity. I also taught a course, Cable and Cutting Edge TV, uh, in the Learning Communities program here at Fisher, which is great. Uh, freshmen get to look at television over the last 10 or 15 years and see uh, different representations of diversity uh, on television within that time period which is a great way for them to be introduced to um, more theoretical ways of examining and talking about television, especially about TV uh, that has aired during their lifetime. Uh, you talk about some of the older stuff, and by older, I mean, what, mid-90s? Um, that's stuff that doesn't just cross their radar at all. But you start mentioning stuff that, that's been airing these days, like A Modern Family uh, or anything on Freeform or ABC Family, and then it's, all right, well, you've got my attention because... Um, I've actually heard of that and watched that before. Uh, you also have a screenwriting class, I know for a fact, that you teach that. How do you know that, Corey? Who told took, you that? I took it. Uh, it. You have another offering coming of that in the fall. Fall 2017 screenwriting, COM 323. Mark your calendars. Mark your calendars. Tuesdays and Thursdays at 11 a.m. to 1220. Uh, Corey took it, living proof that you can survive a class like that. Uh, as difficult as TV history might be for some students or video storytelling, uh, this class has neither group assignments uh, nor exams. Uh, it's just you and the wonderful stories you wish to tell, whoever's interested in that kind of stuff. So uh, you go all the way from production all the way to the actual conception of it with the screenwriting and whatnot. So you teach a whole gamut of the industry here. Yeah, and the way I've, I've positioned it uh, to the people that I used to work with uh, and, and just other folks outside of Fisher uh, the master's program um, at Syracuse, where I worked uh, and, and earned my degree, um, was television, radio, film. And there are specialists there, right? People who come from industry who teach courses in filmmaking, in directing, in screenwriting, uh, in film business. Uh, for me, because we're a smaller program, uh, it's, it's largely on my shoulders to teach the courses in production, in history, uh, in business, why? Because we have other professors whose areas of specialty uh, are ones in um, 
oral communication, in digital storytelling, in digital media, in public relations, in advertising, in international communication, in media management, in journalism. Um, so I, I, I'll gladly take all of that on, but I'm happy to pass that off. And when I tell you guys, go make it big, Corey, when you write your Batman screenplay in your senior project and make big bucks off of it, that means you'll come back here in 2025 and teach the screenwriting course for us. You put it all together um, in a filmmaking class that you're teaching right now. It's an advanced production class. That's actually another one that I'm taking right now. But that's that's kind of like a capstone type course. Um, just give me give the folks out there a 60 second, not even maybe 30 second snapshot of what exactly that filmmaking class entails. Okay. Whoever the producer is, cue the Jeopardy music. Let's see if I nail this in 30 seconds. <laughs> uh, in the past, what we had students do was have the entire class come together. The 18 to 20 students come together and what they would do um, is produce one project. Uh, last spring, they produced a sitcom. Uh, and everyone has an assignment, everyone has a project to do uh, towards that one goal of producing that original series, that original episode. Uh, here, what we're doing for the first time in a long time, I think since the first semester I got here in fall of 2008, is have students put together uh, short films and work in smaller production crews. So by the end of the semester, each group of three students has uh, short films that they produce, okay. which will screen uh, May 1st or 2nd. Um, We'll, we'll give you more information on that maybe in the next MacCast for you guys. Okay. Uh, with that, the you've got the screenwriting class. That's a kind of new offering. You also have a new film and television studies minor, which you personally spearheaded. And that was something that was, I say, uh, maybe I'm taking a little bit of a liberty here. It was a labor of love for you. <laughs> uh, what was the impetus behind the creation of that? Tell us a little bit about that and uh, what you hope students are going to gain from a minor in film and television studies. It was laborious uh, putting that together, and it was not just me. Uh, there were a handful of people who worked uh, longer and harder on it. Uh, Professor Steve Brower in English, Professor Lisa Jadwin in English, uh, Professor Jeremy Sarakin in our department here in Media and Communication. Uh, we worked on that uh, for a good chunk of time, uh, trying to get that off the ground. Um, and it's actually a film and TV studies minor that's housed in the English department currently. Um, which is great. I mean, a lot of these uh, film programs uh, at colleges and universities uh, often are born out of English programs, uh, just like communication programs are. And our hope was uh, to do something that the students would want. Uh, we're already up to 19 minors in the program, uh, of whom Corey Halloran, the host of this MacCast, <laughs> is one. You know what I'm realizing? This is all about Corey and the stuff Corey has <laughs> taken. Has anyone else noticed? Any other listeners out there? Hashtag... All about Corey should be as people are live who tweeting. Who this. better to guide the journey than somebody who's been along for most of it, right? All right, well said. <laughs> so, uh, the um, so what we're hoping was is to produce something unique uh, for the students too, something maybe they couldn't get elsewhere. So what we're doing is we've included television as part of this uh, program. It's not just film studies. Uh, television's where it's at these days. Um, more so than film, more so than, than movies uh, as, as, as a genre, as a style of uh, visual storytelling. Television seems to be where it's at. So we're happy to put that front and center in the title of our program. But what we're also doing, and it's only a, a minor, which means students are only going to be taking about six courses. Um, but we're doing it interdisciplinary, meaning we're getting uh, students to be taking courses not just in media and communication, but also in English. And what they're learning in some of these classes should and will overlap so that what they're learning in, let's say, my video storytelling class should complement what they're learning in an English class, like Fundamentals of Film, something that Dr. Jadwin teaches in English, or Dr. Brower's course on James Bond in English. Uh, that stuff should go together. 
Um, and we're teaching these courses across three different areas of production history uh, or practice history and theory. Uh, we have a handful of students who love getting their hands dirty. They love producing stuff. And then they think that we do too much in the way of analysis, uh, to which I say, well, too damn bad. You're the ones who came to a liberal arts school. What does that mean to you? Um, so we, we have a, a variety of offerings, not just in English and media and communication, mm-hmm. but also we're trying to grab new courses in film, uh, in American studies, in women and gender studies, political science, et cetera. Okay. That was, that was a good little discussion of it. Uh, last thing from you, Dr. Sonano, if you can. I, I don't know if... Wait, is this almost over? <laughs> what the hell? I thought we get a whole hour. Like all good things, this has to end at some point. <laughs> so... Uh, my agent is not going to be happy with this. <laughs> I, I shaved my face for today's <laughs> podcast. You have a great face for radio, I have to say. Wow. Yeah, Takes one to know one. Go absolutely. Ahead. Go ahead. So, it, I'm, not, I'm not sure if you have been asked this question before, but I'm going to go ahead and ask it. Maybe I'm putting you on the spot here. But as our nice little send-off for today, hopefully we can button it up nicely. If there was anything you could at, uh, say to a student who happened to ask you for some advice, or maybe there is a student out there who isn't asking for advice, but if there is some kind of advice you could give to an incoming student or even to somebody like myself who is a transfer student in here, I was a transfer junior, just some advice for a new Fisher student looking to take up this program, whether it be a ma- uh, major in media and communication like myself or a f- minor in film and television studies, one or the other or both, what would that advice be? That's a great question. Uh, and this is stuff that, that some of you in the room here have heard um, over, over the classes that you've taken with me. Um, I would say at least a couple of things. One is take notes on everything. Any meeting you take, any class you take, have a notebook out, write down what you're hearing. We are so bombarded with information and content these days, we don't remember half the stuff that, that we're, uh, we're given. Take notes on stuff. Uh, it, it won't make your hand hurt that much. Uh, or if you have to, type it, put it into your phone. I don't care. Just write stuff down. Uh, and then the second thing, uh, among other things, uh, would be find a mentor. You come to a new place like Fisher, we have mentors. There are lots of mentors. You find a job in industry, uh, that there will be fewer and further between. People are doing this stuff for a living, working. Uh, they may not be in such a hurry to help you as much as people at Fisher would be willing to help you. So it's going to take a little more effort to find that mentor. But that's something really huge. Uh, that's not going to happen automatically. You're going to have to seek those people out. And I've been fortunate to have a lot of mentors in my life because I've sought them out uh, and they've been interested in working with me to this very day. All right. That, that's some good advice. Some stuff I'd personally probably say myself. <laughs> so uh, thank you, Dr. Sonato, for joining us today. It's been uh, very enlightening and I really appreciate you coming aboard today. Thank you very, very much. Thank you, Corey. And thank you, crew. I cannot wait to listen to this and hear how great you made me sound. Matcast is a production of the Department of Media and Communication at St. John Fisher College. Justin Proietti is our audio supervisor, and Zach Beaver is this week's producer. Jordan Proietti promotes the podcast and handles sponsor messages. James DC recorded our What's Happening and sponsor message for this episode. Cecil Felton is executive producer, and I'm Corey Halloran, sitting in today for Dr. Lauren Vicker. If you'd like to hear some more from me, catch my show on Jazz 90.1 every Thursday evening from 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. Thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next week.